Hello, my fellow property managers, Mark Cunningham. Welcome to this episode of the Property Management Business Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about why I believe the next number of years, and I'm talking 5, 10, 15, 20, are going to be fabulous in our industry as it relates for to new potential owner clients needing your business. I'm going to share with you the pool, the secret pool of new prospective owner clients that are out there trying to find you and they're going to be trying to find you for the next number of years. After we do that, we're going to take a couple questions. We're going to have a question from a property manager on what to do when rents in your area are declining and current tenants want rent decreases. And then the second question we're going to take, I have to tell you, is the craziest question I have ever been asked. I have never had this question before. That's all I'm going to tell you. You're going to have to wait till the second half of the show to hear it, but I promise you will be shocked with this question. Hey, hello, my fellow property managers, Mark Cunningham. I'm excited to be talking to you today about some reasons I believe our industry, your industry, third-party property management is about to get really good. It's been a rough spell for this industry, whether you knew it or not. And when I say it's going to get really, really good, I simply mean you're going to have a lot more business coming to you than you have had last year or the year before that or the year before that or the year before that. If we could get back in a time machine and we could go way back, we've been doing business since 1978. And what we found is historically speaking, when an owner lead comes to your office, right, a prospective owner client is interested in having you manage the property historically now, they would fall into one or two categories. Category one would be an investor. Hey, I just bought an investment property, bought this rental home. I'm an investor. I want you to manage it. That'd be pool number one. There would be a second pool of prospective owner clients as well. The, the second pool we will consider accidental landlords. And the accidental landlord does not consider themselves an investor. Instead, they would contact us and say, gosh, I've been living in this house for a period of time and either I can't sell it because I can't get the money I need for it, the sales market's slow, whatever it is, um, or I just, I really don't want to sell it right now. I'm going to wait a few months, wait a year. Maybe I'll move back. So I want to rent it out because I can't sell it. Now, historically speaking, it was 50-50. Half of the owner clients would come to us as investors and a full half of the owner, prospective owner clients would come to us as accidental landlords saying, I, I want to sell, but I can't get the price I need. Maybe I just bought it six months ago and prices haven't gone up. Now, over the last 11, 12 years, pool number two, those accidental investors, the people that would rather sell but can't, that pool did not exist for the last 12 years. Why? Because the sales market has been so darn hot. If you bought a house two days ago, you can sell it tomorrow for 10% more than you paid for it. Now, I'm not talking about the last couple months, but I mean over the last decade. As interest rates have gone down, the sales market has just gotten red hot anywhere. And so we've had a really great opportunity for individuals to sell. If you want to sell, you can sell. There's nothing to keep your house from selling. And it wasn't just a year or two. It was a decade plus of that. So at the same time we had a hot sales market, you as a property management company may have also had some current owner clients 
say, you know what? The sales market's so crazy hot and prices are so high. I think I'm going to sell. I think I want out. I'm just going to sell this. So it's been harder to bring people in from pool number two because pool number two didn't exist. The only clients that came to us over the last 12 years have been investors because anybody that wanted to sell can sell. Well, about six months ago, we received an owner-client lead at our office. It was a phone call. I remember the phone call. And uh, they, in essence, said, hey, uh, yes, this is uh, this is Freddie, and um, I'm interested in having you guys manage my house. I've been listing, I've had it listed for sale for a period of time. I can't sell it, so I'm thinking of renting it. I, I kind of paused and listened to that. I, th I thought I must have misheard them. I can't sell it. What? Listened to it again, and sure enough, they couldn't sell it. I, I, we hadn't heard that call in a decade. And a few weeks later, we received another call saying that basically the same thing. Can't sell it. So I think I want to rent it out. Because as the sales market has slowed, individuals that have purchased a home with no intention of renting it out, right? they bought it with the intention of living in it. And then something happened. A life situation happened. Maybe their family grew and they just need more square footage. Maybe they got a job transfer out of state. Uh, maybe there was a divorce, maybe there was a marriage, but something happened that triggered them having to move out of that property. And they look up and say, oh my gosh, I, th the market is so slow that I can't sell. Or maybe the market isn't so slow they can't sell, but maybe that they just bought the home six, nine, 12 months ago and prices haven't popped another 10% like they have year over year over year for the last decade. And so they look at the numbers and they say, gosh, if I sell this thing, I'm going to have to bring money to the closing table. I don't want to do that. So what's their next option? They think, well, gosh, maybe I will rent out the home instead. And now they come to you or to me as a prospective property management company, and they want to consider having us manage the home. Now, we've been talking about this for the last number of months. This isn't just me making this up. Let me share with you a front page article on the Wall Street Journal, which says quandary for home buyers. Nobody's selling. And let me read the first couple paragraphs here. It says many Americans who want to move are trapped in their homes, locked in by low interest rates they can't afford to give up. These golden handcuffs are keeping the supply of homes for sale unusually low and making the market more competitive and pricey than some forecasters expected. The reluctance of homeowners to sell differentiates the current housing market from past downturns. Yes, it does. And it could keep home prices from falling significantly on a national trend. And it goes on to give examples of individuals who moved into their home, and it tells their stories, and they would prefer to move, but they can't because they have the golden handcuffs of low interest rate. Let me introduce you to Emily and Isaac Natz of Cotton Grove, Minnesota, a suburb of St. Paul where a baby last year They've had a baby last year. They want a bigger place. They've lived for more than four years in their two-bedroom townhome, and they now want a three- or four-bedroom house with a yard and space for an office. Quote, you get four people in here, and it feels a little bit crowded, said Mr. Nance. But they locked in a 30-year fixed mortgage rate of 3.4%. 3.4%. Yes, that's me turning the actual pages of the paper Wall Street Journal here. I still get it delivered every day. 3.4% in 2021, and they don't want to give it up to take on a new mortgage with a rate about three percentage points higher, especially when prices haven't come down. The, the type of home they want 
would cost them about $1,100 a month more than they're currently paying. Ooh, that's a lot. He said, I don't feel comfortable paying what I feel is an inflated price. Now listen to this stat. As of March 31st, nearly two-thirds, that's two out of every three, two-thirds of primary mortgages had an interest rate below 4%. About 73% of those primary mortgages are fixed rate for 30 years. Okay, that is the most important stat you have heard in the last month. Because here's why. Two-thirds of all mortgages are below 4%, and the vast majority of those are fixed. That means we, my fellow property managers, we have a pool, a potential pool of massive accidental landlords that are not going to want to give up that ridiculously low interest rate. They just won't. They may want to move. They may have a life situation happen. You never know why, but why in the world would you give up an interest rate that is that ridiculously low? So some of them will want to move and they can't, they won't. So they just decide to rent it. They call you because they say, I can't rent it. And others, as this article is talking about here, maybe they could sell it. Maybe they even have some equity, but they're not going to want to give up their low interest rates. So this pool of potential clients is massive. And it's not going to just go away next year or the year after that. As I just read, 73% of them have fixed rate 30-year mortgages. That means five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, that mortgage rate is still going to be at 2.75. And if interest rates continue to be high for the next 30, 40 years, well, that's not a bad thing for us as property managers because all of this massive pool, two-thirds of every mortgage under 4%, those are prospective clients that can be coming to us. This article goes on to tell the story of one other individual, uh, Ryan and Megan Carrillo. They bought their first home in Phoenix in 2020 for $320,000. They locked in a 2.75% fixed mortgage rate for 30 years. Last year, after Mr. Carrillo got a higher paying job, they wanted to upgrade to a nicer house in the six dollars to $700,000 price range. When they started looking in January, they planned to pay about $3,000 a month for a new house, but they backed out of the market after their unexpected payments ballooned to more than $4,000 because of increasing interest rates. The Carrillos now plan to stay in their house for about five more years. Now listen to this. Here, this is the second to the last paragraph of this long article. By the way, did you know you can almost always find the most interesting information about any article in the second to the last paragraph? I don't know why. That's my philosophy on articles. Here's the second to the last paragraph. The Carrillos now plan to stay in their home for about five more years. I wish I could do a drum roll. And then turn it into a rental property when they move out of state. And then here's the quote from Mr. Carrillo. I'd love to keep it forever and not sell it. His ultra low mortgage rate is too good to give up. Whew. If we were in a live audience right now, I'd ask for a show of applause. That, that's the best news, my friends, my fellow property managers that we've had in a long time. He's never going to give it up. He just won't because there's no reason to ever want to give up that ridiculously low interest rate. So what? how do we do that? How do we capitalize on that? Well, we as property management company need to make sure that we're findable. These individuals, they, they don't 
think of themselves as investors. They're not Googling information on investing in real estate. Instead, they're out there learning how to self-manage maybe a property, but you've got to be findable online. In a future episode, we'll talk more specifically on your website, what you need to put in place, what should be there, how do you get findable. Make sure you're findable, make sure you're educating them, make sure you're giving them information because the questions they're asking are things like, should I sell my house or should I rent it? So you need to make sure that that question is answered on your website. Should they sell their house? Should they rent their house? How are you giving them information to make that decision? Okay, let's pivot now to a couple questions that have come in to us. Okay, so our first question comes from uh, Courtney with Rental Professionals. Uh, Courtney says, uh, curious what you and your team are doing in similar situations as the rents in our area are starting to decrease. We have apartment complexes that units were rented at the peak of the market at a higher rental rate. Now, as prices are dropping, our tenants who are in a lease at a higher rate are inquiring and asking for a rent reduction. How should this be handled? That, that's a scary question, isn't it? And we're certainly seeing that in some markets, rents are starting to decline. Now, if you're not in a market where rents are declining, good for you. You don't have to worry about that. But rents are certainly flattening everywhere. I think I just saw a stat the other day that nationally, year over year, rents are down a little bit in most markets. And many, many markets are very segmented. So you'll have some markets where rents are still popping, others where they are decreasing. If you're in an area where rents are decreasing, our philosophy is this. Number one, we never want to lose a good tenant because of an unfair rent increase. So the goal is to keep good tenants in place. The goal is not to squeeze every nickel out of a rent increase we can. The goal is never to lose a good tenant to a rent increase. Now, yes, we need to stay competitive with our pricing and we don't want to go crazy low, but the goal isn't to get another nickel. The goal is to keep a good tenant in place. So if rents are starting to decline, ideally, we want to train our tenants and to have them understand that expenses for the owners go up every year because they do. The, the rent, or excuse me, the uh, property taxes go up, the insurance goes up, maintenance expenses go up. So we want to build in some type of a small minor rent increase because you have to keep up with inflation on those. So even if it's small and minor, ideally you want to put that out in place. But you need to explain this to your tenants. So when it comes to renewal time, you don't just say, hey, your rent was 1000 now it's 1100 Don't do that. Your renewal offer letter to your tenant needs to explain what's going on. It needs to say what things are increasing. It needs to explain that property taxes have increased dramatically. It needs to explain that the HOA payment has gone up, that insurance has gone up. And to keep up with these increased costs to the landlord, it's necessary for there to be a small, hopefully small, rent increase because you do have to keep up with those numbers. Otherwise, the numbers don't make sense. The owner has no reason to keep it. They'll sell it to go put their money into a better investment, and then the tenant will have to move. We ha we can't forget that investors buy rental houses as investments. That's the reason we do this. Yes, there's a great noble reason to invest in real estate. You're providing housing. But if you're not getting a return on your money, investors will take their money elsewhere. So when you have rents decreasing, you may need to actually give those tenants a reduction in rent, whatever you need to do to keep that tenant in place. Now, rents hopefully won't drop too far, but make the goal of keeping the tenant in place. All right, we're going to go. We have time for one more questions here. I have to say, this may be 
the most ridiculous question I have ever received here. Here was the email I received. Uh, the individual asked, I do not give their name and I understand why. How do you handle a resident complaint of the neighbors making too much noise having sex at midnight to 3 a.m.? That's it. That was that was the question. Too much noise having sex at midnight to 3 a.m. Wow. I have so many questions. So many questions I would like to ask this person. Really? Midnight to 3 a.m.? That's a three-hour... I'd, I'd like to meet those tenants, and I have some questions for them, but but that wouldn't be the purpose of, of what we're doing here with property management. Um, that's a tough one. Now, now, here was my response. Let me just read, because I, I emailed this person back. Uh, I said that was a pretty specific question. Uh, the most straightforward and simple response would be to tell your tenants that if their neighbors are experiencing any excessive noise from their neighbors, the best thing to do would be to, for them to contact the police. Furthermore, if these neighbors are talking the neighbors that you are talking about are not your tenants, right? If it's just like two people and you have one tenant but not the other, then there's absolutely nothing you can do. You need to push them to call the police. If the tenants are talking about, if the tenants they're talking about are also your tenants, tell them to file a police report, give a copy of the report to you, and you can give the tenants a noise warning letter. So I, I try to keep a very professional tone and not get sucked into the details of a three- our noisy session that those tenants were having. And so to step back a little bit with all ridiculousness aside, if we get noise complaints from tenants, there's not a lot we can do as the property management company. We're not babysitters, right? So we, that's when we do want to push people off to say, well, if it truly is a noise complaint, you need to contact the police, have them reach out, and uh, if they can file a complaint. Now, this, was, uh, this is a classic response. So, so this person emailed me back uh, the, the property manager emailed me back and said uh, the renter who was making all the noises response was even better. He said it was not noise, but the sounds of love. I said, but it is violating the quiet enjoyment of others. And he responded, well, they should sit back and enjoy the sounds of love. When I called the police, they stated they would not come out as they have a noise ordinance and they were sure that this type of noise was not loud enough to break the decibel level that would violate the city code. I told them to come back and check with their decibel reader, as it was pretty loud to me. They stated by the time they arrived, it would be over, and most likely they would not answer the door. I told them I don't know about that, as Barry White's album played through the entire first side. The police laughed and said, call them the next time the first song starts. <laughs> Oh, and you didn't think we could have any fun in the property management business. That's a wild one. What are, what I have no, I would never dare to offer advice to anyone whose biggest problem is they're being too loud for three hours participating in the sounds of love that that is out of my level of expertise, but I'm sure some of you have had those types of experiences. All right, my friends, if you have questions that I can answer in future episodes like this, jump on our website, pmbuild, that's pmbuild.com. There's a place right there where you can uh, click a button, ask me a question, and we'll try to answer that question on a future podcast. So to sum up, 
the business, the industry is going to get very good for a very long time. We need to be prepared for that. We need to be prepared for new competition, but it's gonna get good, it's gonna get fun. So I hope you are ready for new business to be coming your way. And until next time, my friends, I wish you success. <laughs>